Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode three of License to Car Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to the Gekiko Sentai Car Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you doing today, bud? Doing pretty well. How are you? Doing very well. Thank you. It is, uh, we are, we, I have hit the point of my, like, Christmas vacation that... I, I don't miss work or anything, but it does definitely feel weird that, like, I haven't gone to work in a while, and I'm also not going to work tomorrow. It is, um, yeah, I'm a little more accustomed to that sort of thing, but it is, it does get a little funky. Yeah, I mean, listen, like, it's, I not, have it's more... not bad funky. <laughs> no, 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 it is, it is weird, though. You're totally right. I have more endurance for it than, than that. I, I start to get that way after about, like, a month. Oh, don't get me wrong, Dave. This is not a bad feeling. It's just a little <laughs> unusual. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. It's not bad. It's great. It's just a little bit weird. Uh, Dave, speaking of things that are great and also a little bit weird, today we nice. are watching episode three of Gekiko Sentai Car Ranger. It is called The Beginner's Mark of Justice. Uh, but before we get into that, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. Oh, actually, before I say this, thank you. Speaking of the five stars... Thank you to everyone last week who oh, yeah, sent geez. in their guest stars. Yeah, I listened to it. It was great. You guys crushed it. It was delightful. It was so nice to listen to the five stars and not have to have already done them. Uh, but Dave, speaking of doing the stars, uh, what is our first star of the week? First star of the week, Matt. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Uh, going into 2019, I don't know. It's exciting. Yeah. I'm New Year, new you. Exciting to be New. going into 2019. Exciting to be going out of 2018. Yeah, you know, man, there were there were upsides and downsides. There were a lot of, how, let me put it this way. There were a lot of, like, very public downsides, but, like, personally, I had a very nice year. Yeah. Oh, listen, uh, I, I actually had a very similar year, uh, but it does... I do generally feel like it is time to close the books on 2018. I feel like it's done everything yeah. it can do for us or to us, you know? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and I'm excited about 2019. I am excited about 2019. I'm excited about... It's very weird. We're actually in a weird position this year because normally, like, when we started the show, it was... Uh, we would run, like, August to August for our seasons. Yeah, and, well, there's been... Well, a couple of the ep- yeah. seasons have been... Long seasons, yeah, and then we lost some time this year, so we are kind of. It, it's weird. We are now sort of synced up with the actual calendar, which I yeah, like. I, I don't know if I like it better or worse. Actually, well, it's a little bit weird. I guess we'll see at the end of this year. I guess that mm. that implies that we get all like fifty so episodes in in the course of the year. Um, but I, I think we can at least make a good run at that. I feel well. You know, the twins are getting older, and the older they get, the easier the easier these things get to do. So yeah, I think we'll be able to do it. And we'll see. So, happy 2019, everybody. Yeah. So, speaking of it being 2019, this year's motto. What is it going to be? Okay, so, in the past, it's uh, Up Your Game. Yeah. I think, I think was, that was our very first was motto. Was 2014 was Up Your Game? When did we start I doing would, this show? Holy crap, it was. Um, no, this is our fifth year doing it. 
So we've so we've, we we've started just started in, our fifth year. So we've completed four years, but it's twenty eighteen. We started now, it in twenty fourteen. So. Yeah. So um, so first year was up your game, mm-hmm. and then it was also up your game the year. Keep upping it. Yep. Keep upping your game, which were both very good pieces of advice. And, and honestly, they, was, that stops being our official motto, but I think that's always our unofficial motto. That's, yeah, I was going to say, I think you just have to carry those things in your heart. And then the year after that was be excellent to each other. Mm-hmm. Very timely and advice. And then this year was crush it. And I hope you all crushed it in 2018. I hope you all crushed it in 2018, but now it's 2019. And we're not saying to stop upping your game or stop being excellent to each other or stop crushing it, but there is a new, it's a new year. And we just want to give you something to hold in your heart moving forward into this 2019. So I I thought... Matt, what do you think? Yeah, so I thought, speaking of moving forward, since this year happens to coincide with the beginning of the new season, I thought maybe we could do something a little more... like thematically appropriate to Car Ranger and be like... Hmm, like, Okay. What about like shift into gear? uh, Okay, well, I like the sentiment behind that I shift into gear isn't really uh pithy I would say it, I think we want something that kind of yeah it sort of rolls off the tongue a little bit more uh fun fact about pith ap- apropos of nothing except the fact that you said the word pith are we talking about the helmet you know, or are we talking about the stuff inside an orange the stuff inside an orange uh apparently candied peel was considered very medicinal because like most of the vitamin c and citrus fruits actually resides in the pith. Oh, no way. Yeah, that's probably why it tastes so gross. But if you candy it, it tastes good <laughs> and is high in vitamins. So anyways, um, I like shifting to gear. I think that says a lot of good things. I think that's good advice. But again, I do want something pithier. Uh, what about just get into gear? Get into gear is good. Because I think that's, get... that's sort of a phrase that people use already. Yeah, or get it in gear, maybe. Get in gear? Just get in gear? Yeah, get it in gear. Get it in gear. I think that works. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we need to go past that. Okay. It's 2019, guys. Get it in gear. Now, listen. Maybe you're already in gear. That's great. I'm glad for you. In that case, shift into a higher gear. Or if you're going up a hill, a lower gear. Whichever. Whatever's appropriate to you. Downshift or upshift as necessary. But if you're already in gear, it's great. That's wonderful. Right. Well, that's that's the great if thing about gears is there's a lot of them and different ones are appropriate at yeah. different times. If you're not in gear, get into gear, guys. Just do it. All right. I, okay. I feel good about this. I do feel good about that. I actually, Matt, have also, I've been getting into gear. Not, we, I didn't, we haven't discussed this previously. I've just been... I've just been really getting into gear. And here's something I realized, Matt. Can I share some getting into gear advice with you? Please. I feel it's a, that's entirely appropriate right now. Yeah. So if not now, when, Obviously, Dave? I know. So obviously, the twins are really, they keep us really busy, right? And uh, for a long time, we have just kind of been in, Beth and I, that is, have just sort of been in survival mode. You know what I mean? Sort of like, you know, one day to the next, like just make it through today and and get on to tomorrow and just kind of keep going that way. Yeah, and that's great. Sure, survival and is we great. Have sur- it is, and we have survived. But we sort of, you know, the twins are starting to get older, and we're like, you know, man, we really gotta get back on the ball with stuff. You know, kind of get back to really watching our budget and watching what we eat and all of those things. And we realized 
is, you know, once you fall into survival mode, it's very easy to stay in survival mode. But if we had kind of started off by staying on top of things, it would have been much easier to stay out of survival mode, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And a lot of the things we're talking about doing aren't actually things that take a ton of time. So like meal planning, yesterday we sat down, it took about half an hour, we planned all our meals for the week, and then we went shopping, and we bought all the groceries we needed for the entire week. And that's just a small thing that's going to help us avoid going burning as much money going out to eat, <laughs> which is a bad way to spend your money. Uh, I think I love going out to eat. But so anyways, that's just a small way that we're getting into gear. A lot of the times, it's small things, guys. Yeah. It's little things and, uh, you know... You just you add those little things up and they become big things. So I, I did just realize, Dave, that by having "get it in gear" uh, as our motto this year, we it is kind of another year of up your game. <laughs> well, yeah, but see, upping your game assumes that there's a game already started. I think "get into gear" is a little more is a little more broad because again, you can go up or down if you're already in gear. But if you're not, that's okay. Some people just aren't in gear. It's all right. Maybe you had a tough year. Yeah. It's cool. So if you're not in gear, get into one. But if one. you're not in gear, get into one. First gear is okay. You got to start in first gear. You can't jump right to third gear. It throws your transmission off. Yeah, unless you're rolling down a hill or something. I oh, don't know. Yeah, unless you're already rolling down a hill. So, you know, whatever. If someone but threw anyways, you down a hill, shift into second or third If someone's thrown you gear. down a hill, you can shift right. <laughs> yeah, you're good. Other than that, just start in first gear. It's all right. You got to start someplace. Anyway, Dave, that, that's good. I, I feel good about this. So what is our third star of the week? Third star of the week, Matt, is it's New Year, which means I am having cassoulet for... Ooh. I love cassoulet. Sure. It's probably my favorite dish. Yeah, I think it's just probably my favorite dish. Can it's you, my favorite thing to uh, eat. Can you, for the good people at home who may not eat oh, it as yeah, often, yeah, yeah. describe Sorry. cassoulet? So, cassoulet is a, like, French bean stew that has, like, pork ribs and some sausages and a lot of thyme, T-H-Y-M-E, in it. Mm-hmm. And like some tomatoes and then some breadcrumbs on top. It's amazing. It just tastes like warm home. I don't know how to say it. Like I ate it the first, like the first time I ate it, I was like, this is incredible. So we have cassoulet every New Year's. And uh, the reason that we have cassoulet every New Year's is we had, we did it one year. This was years ago. Uh, we were like, oh, this is really good. It's delicious, but it's kind of like it takes a while to make. Sure. All right. And any, anything uh, like, that's that bean heavy is going to take a while to sort of set. Yeah, it's bean heavy and it's also French, which means there's like, it's not necessarily that any particular step is complicated. There's just like a lot of steps because that's French cooking. And so we kind of didn't do it again for the whole rest of the year. And then the next New Year's came around and I said, hey, so, I put on a very innocent face when I said this. I said, hey, what, you know, what should we have for dinner? Beth said. And I said, let's have cassoulet. She said, oh, we do. We have the day off. Sounds great. Let's make cassoulet. And then once we had finished making it, she said, didn't we have cassoulet last year for New Year's? And I said, yes, we did. And she said, so that makes it two years in a row now. And I said, yes, it does. And she said, did you just establish a tradition? Like, I did you just sneak establish a tradition? And I said, yes, I did. 
Um, so now we have Castle every New Year's, and so I'm at least guaranteed to get it once a year. Um, so we're making, we have Castle for dinner. I'm very, very excited. Here's the fun thing about Castle A, it's delicious. B, they eat Castle all over France, okay? Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it is one of those dishes that apparently, like, every region has, like, a slight variation on Castle and like Frenchmen like fight to the death over like which is the correct version you know like how do you really make it is it supposed to be made with like duck or whatever that sounds extremely uh, and delightfully French it is so I have a dream someday to do like a tour de Castellet like go to France but like you know, as you're sort of tripping around France, just like eat Castellet in all the different regions, um, which I think is amazing. That sounds like the bougiest pub crawl of all time. <laughs> it is the bougiest. That's almost, Matt, that is almost word for word what my wife told me. Uh, I don't care. I want to do it anyways. And also, there is a yeah, I never uh, said it sounded bad. Yeah. So there's a French restaurant in Cleveland, um, not Le Petit Triangle, um, a different one. And they have Castellet on the menu. And Beth thought about taking me one year for like my birthday and then she looked at the menu and she saw Castellet on it and as soon as she saw it she was like well that's what Dave is going to order and then she looked at the menu and it's like a deconstructed Castellet where they like give you all the parts or something stupid and she's like Dave would order the Castellet like he wouldn't even read it like he would just see Castellet and he would order it and then it would come out and it would not be Castellet and he would be furious so we did not go to that restaurant that sounds like a good call yeah, so that is my uh, third star of the week, is I'm very excited about my dinner. <laughs> what is our fourth star of the week? Uh, dear, fourth star of the week is actually about my dinner, or my lunch, actually. So I was sitting around my apartment, and I was looking at the clock, and I realized, man, I don't have time to run to the grocery store to pick anything up for lunch, um, because I still need to sit down and watch this episode and take notes on it. So I'm going to treat myself. I'm just going to order a couple pizzas, you know? So I hopped on the Domino's app, and I put in the order, and I, I'm checking out, you know, the handy-dandy order tracker. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at the clock, and I'm like, okay, I got plenty of time. Plenty of time. I ordered it at, like, 10 after 1. We started recording around 2. Yes. And so I'm looking at the order tracker, and around 1.20, it says, like, yeah, it's out of the oven. It just passed its, like, perfection test or whatever. Wonderful. Perfect. I'm like, great. All, all I want is perfect pizza. If it is past my perfection test, then what could be better? And then I continued to wait for like 35 minutes before it moved from that stage to actually leaving the uh, Domino's. What? Yeah. And the whole time I'm like, well, I can't, I can't start recording until this pizza shows up because I record in my bedroom, which is like, not within the earshot of the front door, the way my apartment is set up. So, yeah, no, no, I'm aware of that, yeah. And so I'm, I'm, I finish my notes for the episode, and I'm just sitting around, kind of, like, staring at the door and staring at my phone, and I call Domino's. I'm like, hey, man, uh, what's, what is going on here, my friend? And apparently, the, like, the, the manager picked up the phone, and he had just forgotten to put another driver on the schedule. And, hmm. and so he apologized and said, like, hey, yeah, you know, whatever, if... If uh, if it gets there and it is cold, uh, give me a call. So eventually, it like it did five after two. It did show up nearly an hour later, and it was cold. And so the bad news here, Dave, is that I got our old kind of cold pizza. But the good what? news is that I got free pizza. Now, okay, a that's great. Here's the thing: 
if there's like a mid zone, hot pizza, excellent. Cold pizza, excellent. Right. And and what you are about to describe, this this terrible no man's land of uh, temperature, is exactly how this pizza arrived. Oh, bummer. I feel like you probably should have just tossed it in the fridge. I will. I will. I want, I, I want to let it set a little before I toss it in the fridge, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, no, no. That makes sense. Yeah, you want to let it sort of... Mm-hmm. You don't want to throw it right in the fridge. I feel like that would do something... Well, it what would, it, what what that does is it makes your fridge smell like pizza for three weeks. Oh, yeah, you probably... Mm, that's one of those things that, like, sounds like it would be cool, but It does sound good, but until, like, then week two rolls around and you're like, man, like, I enjoyed that pizza that one day. I do not to have, want to live with, like, the ghost of this pizza haunting my refrigerator for another week. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, anyway, oh, that's, that pizza, is, Matt. hey man, uh, it's free, so I can't complain that much. Uh, Dave, what is our fifth and final star of the week? Fifth final star of the week, Matt, is new D&D books. New D&D Very exciting. books. So, um, some of these are not new, some of them are just new to me, uh, but for Christmas, I got, from my wife, uh, Volo's Guide to Monsters, very exciting, and Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica. Yes, now the Ravnica book is... A, uh, that actually is pretty new. Yeah, that just that's came out like late new. last month. Uh, but it's a it's a campaign setting book based on the world of the card game Magic: The Gathering. Yeah, so they're both owned by. Ha- if you don't know this, like they're both owned by Hasbro because Hasbro owns. Well, they're both owned by Wizards of the Coast, which is owned by Hasbro because Hasbro owns. Fun. Anyways, yes. um, yeah, it's pretty wild because if you have only played D anD D and have not played Magic: The Gathering, like this guy. It is, like, this brand new, like, totally wild setting. But I was talking to our buddy Tim, and he's been playing Magic forever. He's like, oh, yeah. Like, I know all of this stuff. Like, there's books and novels and all of these things about Magic the Gathering. Like, there's tons of fluff about it. But I have not interacted with it at all. Right. So, so I was looking through this book with you over Christmas, and, like, all of this stuff, it is familiar in that it is a fantasy thing. But all of the specifics of it are completely, like, outside the realm of my experience. Which is very exciting. It, it yeah. feels sort of like how when Eberron came out. Like, it was definitely a D&D book, but it was not like Greyhawk, very obviously. Right. Uh, here's the fun thing about Ra- or Here's my, sort of as I'm reading Ravnica. Um, it is like a giant city-wide... It is a planet-wide city, is the setting. Okay. And it is sort of like a combination of... Like, late Victorian magic tech, but, like, fused with a bunch of other, like, more classically fantasy elements, which is very cool. And uh, to me, it very much has the feel of uh, Sigil. Which is the the, the main city in the old Planescape campaign setting. Yeah, and it... It's kind of weird. Like, I'm not really sure why D&D is doing this. Because, like, they reference Sigil in, like, the Dungeon Master's Guide. So, like, it definitely exists. But they have not made any noise about reviving Planescape as a setting with, like, a lot of detail to it. Mm-hmm. Which I just kind of odd to me. I'm not really sure why. But anyways, the point is, is that Ravnica sort of feels like hey, we're not going to do Planescape and we're not going to give you Sigil, but, like, here's kind of Sigil. 
Right. Like, here is, if you want to play a game in, like, a gigantic city that's, like, a, weird and A gigantic kind of, fantasy like, city. Like, yeah. Like, if you want to enjoy plumbing the depths of fantasy Coruscant, like, here you go. Yeah. So, um... I am. That's very much I w- is, a th- is a thing that I would like to do. So I am excited about playing that game. Uh, hopefully you and me and Matt and Katie, you're Matt, you yep. and me and Beth and Katie can uh, can get that D&D game rolling again. Yeah. And then uh, Voltless Got to Monsters is just super rad. It's like it's a bunch of new monsters. And then there's also um, like they really dive into a bunch of like the classic monsters. Like, hey, do you want like 10 pages about giants? Here you go. Do you oh, want dude. 10 pages about... Yawn okay. tea? I do, actually. We got you. So, I know, right. You definitely do. So speaking of classic D&D monsters, um, the D&D book that I got just got for myself is Arts and Arcana. Ooh, and, that sounds cool. And it is, it's not a source book. It is a visual history of the game Dungeons and Dragons. And so it goes really huh. deep on like all of the art in all of the books and like how the look and feel of the game developed like over the decades. It's got a lot of like supplementary weird stuff in there of like, hey, here's an old D magazine ad from the like early 80s and like concept art for video games and stuff. It's really, really cool. But one of the things that they do is there are just these occasional um like two page spreads where they say, okay, here's like a classic D monster. Like here's the purple worm. And here is here are the images for how the purple worm appeared in the monster's manual in like the original game, the first edition, the second edition, third, fourth, and fifth edition. And you can just see like how the look of these different things developed from like 1976 or whatever it was until like 2018. It's very cool. No, that is, that is pretty rad. There is some stuff that I remember from the old AD&D monstrous manual. Uh, so a few, a few editions ago, and it is pretty wild to see. Um, oh, the Volus Guide to Monsters does have the Ketoblipos. It's back. What what so, is that? That's like the weird monster that like lives in in like garbage dumps. Oh, fun! Notable only because it has a bizarre name. Uh, okay, and I think Dave, that is uh, it for our five stars of the week. Uh, so, we are going to take a break. We are going to watch episode three of Gekiko Sentai Car Ranger. As I said, it is called The Beginner's Mark of Justice. It was written by Yoshio Urosawa. Uh, you can watch it on the DVDs. It's streaming on Shout Factory's website. Um, please watch this show along with us. Maybe you can help us understand it. We'll be right back. <laughs> Okay, welcome back. Um, boy, we we got some stuff to dive through here this week. Yeah, okay. I am... I, I'm just having trouble, I think, kind of getting my hands around this season so far. Just because there does not seem to be... Really what it is is the monsters. Like, there doesn't seem to be any real, like, uh, theme to the monsters, and I'm used to there being like a really strong, like they're all animals or they're all objects or they're, you know, like monsters from Japanese folklore or whatever. Right. Whereas in this one, they're all like super powered alien space gangsters that all yeah. drive cars or motorcycles, but are not necessarily car or motorcycle themed themselves. Yes. Okay. So 
The episode starts with the president of Pegasus Motors. He is... He's like his car has broken down on his way to work, like his very fancy, like his old, his classic roadster. And he is singing a what seems to be a pirate song, or at least it contains the words <laughs> yo heave ho. Well, he is, and, uh, he is pushing his car as well. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, I think it is a. Uh, oh, yeah, his, I'm not saying it makes sense. I just I appreciate that he has found a song appropriate to the occasion. And uh, so he pushes his car into the garage and starts kind of calling, like, hey, I need you. Guys to fit. Uh, oh, and he realizes that nobody's there. Right, which which has to be disappointing for a couple of reasons. One, all of his employees are gone, and two, like if you own a like an automotive shop, that is like the one circumstance in which you can always be guaranteed that if something goes wrong with your car, you can get immediate help with it. Yeah, and, and so here, like and to, <laughs> there's no one to roll in and for everyone to be gone and for him to suddenly feel like it is for the rest of us when we have to wait to have our cars fixed uh, must have been heartbreaking for him. Now, I am curious about the president uh, because it seems like the president is a like car enthusiast slash businessman. Right, but he's not himself not... a mechanic. Yeah, so... Uh, I guess I, in my head, for some reason, like he had started out as like a, you know, like a car guy, and then he built this company. And I think that's probably not the case. I think he just built a company around cars because he likes cars. Right. So I think he is also extremely rich, and I'm not just saying that because he has a fancy mustache and a and a cool car. No, but those two things are are very indicative. Uh, So where are the Rangers? Well, we find out immediately they are working out. They are working out, and uh, Dapu is coaching them, and they are doing some pretty fun, like, Rocky-style... I guess it's just actually working out, but I think of it as Rocky-style. Well, Rocky's uh, the only person who works out. Yeah, it's everybody else is just doing... Before Rocky... Did you know this, Matt? Before the movie Rocky, just nobody worked out. Well, I mean, it's that's why it won the Oscar, Dave. It's a very influential movie. It's deeply influential. Now, that... What's really wild is how did Stallone get in the, as good a shape as he did because without working out, because, of course, the movie hadn't come out yet. Um, well, I think, what you have real... to look, I think what you have to look at there is that, you know, movies get shot out of order, right? So right. the first scenes that they shot were the training montages because that's how Stallone was able to get in shape. And then they went back and filmed the rest of the movie around that once he was all beefed out. Oh, see, that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So um, they're like running up the stairs and then down the stairs and they're dragging tires behind them. Uh, one, um, one thing that is infuriating about this scene is that the, uh, the Blue Ranger, Blue Ranger's wearing a blue like workout suit. Pink Ranger, wearing a pink workout suit. Yellow Ranger... Yep. Wearing a yellow workout suit. Red Ranger wearing a black workout suit. And the Green Ranger is wearing a white workout suit. Like, they got most of the way there. It's like, there. guys, you were 60% of the way. Like, what happened? And, like, if only um, one of them was in the right color, I'd be like, okay, well, that's just a coincidence. They didn't really care about this. And it just so happened that one of them ended up in the right color. But when you have three out of five wearing the right color and the other two aren't, like that, that just feels like a little slap in the face. If I'm going to be honest, it feels like they went to the store to pick up the outfits for this, like the wardrobe for this episode, and they found three of them and they bought them, 
And they're like, well, they don't have the other two colors at this store, but they're bound to have them at the other stores. And then just couldn't find them anywhere, but didn't want to return the first three they'd bought. So like, ah, whatever, we'll just go with black and white. So, so anyways, there is something that I dig about this scene, aside from just the fact that like, oh, they're working out. I like it because this is a... As rangers, they're, like, mystically chosen by the Kara constellations, right? You know, this is not like O-Ranger, where they were already, like, soldiers. And so they're like, you know, yeah, you you were chosen by the Kara constellations. You're, like, destined to be the Car Rangers or whatever. But you are definitely not in shape. Right. So let's get on it. Like, you are an accountant. And, hey, accountancy is a great skill, but it is not kung fu. Yeah, it is not, like, uh, necessarily car ranger adjacent. So they're running around, and uh, as they're they're doing all these workouts, the president finds them. So I don't know how far away they are. Probably not too far. It would actually be better if they were, like, really far away, and he just went slowly wandering <laughs> the city looking for his employees. Uh, but he finds them, and, of course, he's upset because he says, where are you guys are supposed to be at work? Like, I, this whole company runs on five employees. Where are you guys? Right. Like, uh, also, my car is broken. It needs to be fixed. Yeah. Oh, they have to hide Dapu because, of course, Dapu is a weird alien. Uh, so they all sort of, like, jump in front of Dapu. And then we do see Dapu. And he's, like, hiding behind the tires that they were dragging. And he's doing it in, like, the least effective way possible. Because he's holding it up to his head and looking through the empty part. As I hate Dapu so much. Well, I mean, um, okay. To the show's credit, Dave... If Dapu was doing an extremely effective job of hiding from the president, then we also would not be able to see that he was still back there, and that would be weird. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. I still just hate Dapu, though. Um, so I, I, I gotta tell you, Dave, I'm coming around on Dapu a little. I kind of like him in this episode. All right, well, listen, I will. There's he has one good moment. We'll get to. He it. has a horrible look, and I think we can all agree on that. Although I think that's what I'm really having trouble with the, is his horrible, horrible flesh Yoda look. And, and the problem, honestly, is not even the design because when something that I don't think we've mentioned is that when a new character is introduced in the show, um, especially if it's like an alien character, we get like a quick flash on the screen of the concept art that was drawn for that character. Mm-hmm. And so when we saw the concept art for Dapu, it looks fine. But, like, it's just a look that does not translate very well into, like, late 90s rubber head costuming. Yeah, like, if this were just a comic book, I, I think I would be totally okay with it, but... Anyway, anyway. Yeah, anyways. So, um, they managed to distract the chief by being like, oh, yeah, your car, like, we'll go fix it. Um, He's, like, super into it. They're like, it's a classic car, right? It's like, yes, obviously, it's a classic. And he's like, oh, yeah, it is a well, classic well, car. Well, some people have called it a classic, you know. <laughs> right. It's like, yeah, dude, that car is clearly from, like, the 30s. It's a rad car. Everyone knows it's a classic. Um, So we we go right from there to this week's monster, who is RRI. Uh, so this is, like, this is the thing for the Balzac is that they have two initials preceding their names uh, and that's just their, that's their thing right or that's at least their that, fun thing that they do or at least that's how it has been so far i assume that will carry forward yeah so rr re he calls himself the spirit beater of bowzak yeah although uh, apparently dave although it, the, it is written down as bowzak in the subtitles um 
I got a tweet from one of our listeners. I'm trying to find it now. Um, but uh, apparently, if you actually like listen more closely to the show, it is pronounced Bozoak. Bozoak. Okay. Okay, cool. So, and, oh, and also, so I sorry, I have these tweets up right now. They're from uh, at Livebird555. Um, it is pronounced Bozoak, and also the planet thing that they live on is called Baribarian. So one more time? Baribarian. Not Barbarian. Baribarian. Baribarian. Apparently Baribari is like an onomatopoetic sound mm-hmm. uh, in Japanese for like how like bike horns sound. Oh, all right. So there we go. It's Baribarian. And I think that is probably why the, the bar on it is called the BB Saloon. Ah, okay. So it's Baribarian and uh, one more time, Bozoak? Bozoak. Bozoak. Okay, so we find out that RRE, he is the spirit beater of the Bozoak, which doesn't make any sense. Here is what he actually means by spirit beater. Yeah. He has a magic hammer that he uses to beat spirit into people or objects or whatever. So really what he has basically is a frenzy hammer. Like he hits you with a hammer and you like flip out and go crazy. Yes. He, so he beats like, and I think what they, like he beats energetic spirit into you. And that is his plan is he will just kind of like make everybody on earth go crazy. And then profit, I guess. Yes. Um, so it's it, uh, it's kind of unclear. I I I did have to watch this episode twice to like really like grok what his jam was. Yeah. So again, this is this is kind of like where I'm. I'm just having like trouble getting my hooks into this into this season. Just because like the monsters are just so weird. Although I gotta uh, say, I do like RRE. No, it's like it gets a very interesting idea. I really like. I just want there to be some theme, and I don't think there's yeah. going to be. And I just have to be cool with that. And, and can we uh, can we talk about his look for a second, Dave? He has a very good look. Okay, his look. I have decided to describe it this way. Do you recall, like, ever as a child, having a book that's like, "This is how you draw superheroes." Yeah, I mean, we all did, right? If right. you're listening to the show, you almost definitely had that book. Right, and it would be like, oh, here are the different options that you could put on your superhero costume. You could have a cape. You could have some stars. You could have, like, wrist spikes or pouches Shoulder here and spikes. there or whatever. And, like, especially if you're doing this, like, you know, if you would be on a website that said, like, design your own superhero costume and you just choose all the options, that's what this guy looks like. It's like someone decided to choose every single option on one of those things. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. That is, yeah, that is what is going on with this guy. Except he also has a horrible monster face. Yeah, he has a horrible monster face, of course. And so he he rolls up, and there's just a woman who sees him, and she, very reasonably, like, sees him, screams, runs away, stops, like, 20 feet away, like, turns around, I think, to make sure she's seen what she sees realizes, yes, in fact, you did really see a monster, and then she keeps running. Yeah. Now, RRE is like, well, this woman has some common sense. She's run from me, a horrible monster. That was a good call. 
but now I'm going to follow her and beat some spirit into her to remove that common sense so she becomes a very wild person. So the woman runs into her house and her son is there, like, having a sandwich or and, like, drinking some water. And the girl, It's a very nice house. The woman, Yeah, it's a very nice house. The woman runs in, slams the door behind her, runs over to the son, sort of, like, collapses next to him, like, picks up his drink and, like, starts, you know, trying to calm herself down by getting a sip on this water. And the son says, like, hey, mom, uh, what's wrong? She's like, oh, my gosh, son, it's horrible. There was this monster outside. It was chasing me. And the son says, well, what did he look like? And then the door busts in and RRE is standing there. It's like, it looked like this. It's me. I'm a monster. Ha! Uh, dig that guy. Uh, he starts chasing around the house trying to beat some spirit into her. Um, but, like, he kind of, he swings his hammer, but he misses hitting her and instead hits the vacuum cleaner. Um, and we will we'll cut back to this vacuum cleaner in a moment, but for now we need to hop up to Barbarian. Yeah, so we go up to Barbarian, and uh, we're in the BB Saloon, and it's President Gynamo, and he's talking to Zonat, and he's like, "Oh, Zonat, he's like, uh, RRE has gone under Earth. He's going to do his plan. We're gonna get all the treasures, and we will turn them into the fireworks you love." This to me, this like one sentence to me is is bananas. Because I I think what he is saying is they don't get the treasures and then like have the treasures and then blow up a planet with fireworks. They take all the treasures and turn them into fireworks that they then use to blow up the planet. Well, I guess that would explain why they need to keep finding new planets. Because like maybe, you know, maybe they keep aside like you know five ten percent just for operating expenses and then the rest and then turn the rest of all those beautiful (laughs) gold and jewels uh turn those all into fireworks yeah so uh i do want to go on record i may have mentioned this before that i am 100 percent not okay with the weird tongue articulation on the president gynamo costume it's I just I'm not okay with it. Yeah, it's I wonder weird. I wonder if they took that out of the suit if they used this guy in Power Rangers Turbo. I feel like they must have, right? Man, I don't know. I didn't watch Power Rangers Turbo. Yeah, neither did I. That was sort of after my time. Although really most of the time when you are seeing the tongue, it is when he is like actively lusting after Zonette, and I imagine that Zonette did not make her way into Power Rangers Turbo. Uh she did not. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. So, um, He's like, we're going to do it. Great. So we go back to the garage and all the rangers are fixing the president's car. And I don't understand why everyone is working on this. I mean, it's their job and he asked them to? Well, okay, no. Here's the thing, though. It isn't their job. (laughs) Well, okay, that's true. Um, Like, I mean, it is... It's the it's the Yellow Ranger's job, so I'm still working on uh, I'm uh, still working on getting everybody's names. Uh, her name is Natsumi. Thank you. It is yeah. It's Natsumi's job, and it is like maybe like Kyosuke would get in on that, but it doesn't make sense for the Blue Ranger, Green Ranger, or Pink Ranger uh, to be doing this. Who are Naoki, Minoru, oh, yeah, sorry. and Yoko, respectively. Yeah. So, I don't know why they're all doing it. But well, the, the, uh, the thing the, is that they're actually not all fixing the car. Some of them are just, like, polishing the headlights. 
I think that maybe their boss was mad at them for skipping out on work, and so they're trying to, like, be as pleasant to him as possible, so they're also, like, chipping in on cleaning his car. Mm. There you go. That makes sense. So, uh... The president is like, yes, good. And then Kyosuke says, hey, boss, can I test drive the car when we're done? And the boss is like a little suspicious about that. And he's like, no, I just I want to make sure it's like cool on the open road before we have you dry it, drive it. And uh, the president says, great. And then we see a little thought bubble from Kyosuke. And he's like, really, I'm just super excited. Like, I've always wanted to drive this car. Yes, I have been desperate to drive this car for ages. So uh, the president, so the kid shows up. The, the kid and from like, earlier who's The kid from earlier in the around. house, yeah. And he says, like, Dad, Dad. So it turns out that the president of Pegasus Motors, like, this is his kid and it was his wife. Did you get and the so, kid's name? I meant to write it down. I don't know that they ever mention it. Because I he, usually when he first, I'm pretty good about it. When he first runs into the garage and is shouting for his dad, the boss does call him by name, but it, like, uh, it went by too quickly it. and I just didn't write it down. But I assume that we will get this kid periodically yeah, throughout probably. the series. So the kid, I... Okay, here's the thing. There are two options here. One, this kid has made a very long trip from his home to Pegasus Motors. The second option is that they actually live very close to Pegasus Motors, and then the president just, like, hops on the highway and does, like, a long, circuitous commute (laughs) because he likes driving his car. Because we already know that, the like, when the boss is coming into work, he's on the highway. We have seen it. I think that's got to be it, right? I guess. Like, it's actually, like, around the block. Yeah, so, like, he must just, like, this is a five-minute commute, and he takes an hour to do it every day so he can drive his rad car. So, uh, that actually makes me like the president a whole lot. Oh, can I tell you what? I love the president. (laughs) I'm really into that. I did not think I was going to like this guy as much, but, like, two episodes in, because he wasn't in the first episode, right? Yeah, two episodes in, I like the president a lot. So, the... Kid that we're sure has a name <laughs> shows up. And here's, like I said, here's one of the things I really like about the president is kid shows up and he's like, dad, a monster has attacked mom. Like, I, I don't know what's going on. And the president's reaction is to be like, okay, well, let's go. Like, let's go right now and go deal with that situation immediately. Like, he doesn't run. He's not nervous. He's not like, we should try to call the car rangers. He's like, wife's in trouble. Gonna go punch this monster in the face, I guess. Right. Well, I, I also like that when he does go, the tone with which he says, like, yes, let's go take care of this situation is as though his son had walked in and said, hey, bad news. Like, the china cabinet fell over and there were broken dishes all over the dining room. Yeah, like, he is not phased at all. Right, he's like, oh, well, that's bad. Clearly, I need to go take care of this. Like, I'll see you guys later. I'm going home. Yeah. So, So, um, we go from there. We go back to the president's house, and... The he tried to we I sorry we, I think we mentioned this before or we forgot to mention this before we said it uh, the that yeah RRV had tried to hit the woman but had missed and instead hit the vacuum cleaner so now the oh, okay. the vacuum cleaner is going crazy and trying to vacuum up the 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 wife the mother wife. woman uh, uh, I, I wish I knew her name is that RRV is just sort of standing there like looking on approvingly like 
Yeah, right, this is uh, this is how this should be. This is how it should go. <laughs> so um, I, I know he kind of gave me the vibe of like, man, I honestly did not know that this was going to happen. I need to cope with it. Um, I like it. This is a this is a good surprise. Uh, but we need to sort of reformulate our plans now that I know that this hammer can do that. So uh, we find out this vacuum, like I said, is trying to trying to eat people, and the I think Dapu just shows up. And he tells the rangers, like, hey, rangers, there's some uh, Bo- Bozok again, right? Yeah. Bozok? There's some Bozok trouble. Like, we got to get to it. And all the rangers jump to, except Kyosuke. Like, they're all running out the door, and Kyosuke is just still working on the car. And they say, like, dude, we like, we got we got a monster. We got we to gotta go. <laughs> and he's like, no, you guys, like, you guys go take care of it. Like, I'm just, you guys don't need me. I'm just going to finish this up. I'll, I'll catch you guys later. Like, you go deal with the monster. Right. We, like, we can't possibly need all five of us every time. That's stupid. You guys go punch this monster. I'm really into this car thing right now. Uh, and then I'm going to be able to test drive it. He doesn't say this, but basically, like, he, he does yeah, not want to all... give up on his opportunity to test drive this car. Um, yeah. Which, I don't know why. He can do it later, but he just doesn't feel like superheroing right now. So and, the other rangers turn to Dapu. They're like, Dapu, we got to like, we got to get him to come with us. And Dapu says, listen, uh, time is of the essence. We do not actually have time. Like, you, let's just go. And I guess we'll deal with Kyosuke later. Uh, so they do. Like, they just leave Kyosuke and he's just working on the car yeah. and they're going to go be rad superheroes. So uh, from there, we see the president and his family being attacked by household objects that are just kind of floating through the air after them uh, uh, oh we did not mention this <laughs> oh by the way the the kid's name i looked it up is uh ichitaru oh thank you so whenever this hammer hits something it leaves like a little sticker like a, a seal on it and that's how you know like what objects have been affected and, and what haven't so yeah. all of the household objects from the president's house have this seal on them and they're just kind of like floating through the air vaguely menacing the president and his wife yeah, he sees RRE and he's like, hey, you, you're the one who's been messing up on my furniture and changing all of its spirit. Like, how dare you go changing the spirits of my, like, chaise lounge to whatever you want? He's just so indignant. Like, he's not concerned that the guy is a monster. He's just indignant that his furniture is being messed with. Yeah, so. <laughs> and I don't know if the president is brave or if he's just like completely sort of like aloof to the idea of danger. So, um, Maybe Dapu yeah, hit him on the know. head one too many times in the previous episode. I don't know, but I love him. Again, either version is cool. I'm, I am pretty into the president. So the Rangers arrive. Uh, they, they just get into a fight. Dapu is just sort of there looking on. This, in my mind, creates sort of like a weird dynamic because he is definitely their, like, mentor slash trainer. But he's always there at the fights. Like, he's like he's their corner man. Like, he's just sort of chilling out, watching the fight happen. Yeah, I, I was going to describe him like a little league coach, but corner man, I think, is probably better. Well, I'm just kind of because he was doing the, yeah. the Rocky. Anyways, so uh, we get some of their... Special moves, mm-hmm. and some of them are super cool, and some of them are extraordinarily dumb. <laughs> so uh, the first one 
is the Green Ranger. I'm just going to say their names a bunch because I'm trying to remember them. Uh, Minoru, the Green Racer, his is like he gets down on on like a wheel. Well, you know, like the little wheelie cart, like the little like flat carts that you would like lie down on to roll underneath a car to work on it. Yeah, it's like he that, like but lies... he's lying down on it, like face down and like flying towards someone. Yeah, and that is his pit in attack. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we get the blue hairpin kick, and that is the blue racer Naoki. Uh, Naoki, and he it's like um, it's like just like a spinning high kick. Like he just like kicks and spins and kicks and spins and kicks and spins. Right. You see, he's he's uh, turning then, like a hairpin turn. Yeah. No. 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 It's it's a cool move. Um. It actually reminds me of, um. Uh, something that sh- um, I think Shoji has a move kind of like that. Yeah, Shoji did have a move kind of like that. Although he sort of like used gravity powers while he was doing it. Right. Uh, let's see. And then uh, we get the yellow racer Natsumi, and she just has a checker chop where and it's like a checker flag, and she just hits you real hard, and that's great. And those are all very good. Yes. And then Yuko has the best has one, of a, course. Has the worst one. Where she just sort of like slowly somersaults towards you, <laughs> and then maybe I think maybe she's supposed to be somersaulting very quickly, but they don't speed the footage up, and like you could just only somersault so fast. Well, the the weird thing also is that it, this is her wheel spin kick. Um, like she somersaults towards you a few times, and then sort of like hops out of the somersault to kick you, but they sort of cut between footage of her her somersaulting and a wheel rolling and it's kind of choppy so it's like even if it was going to look cool like there's the tire action going on and that sort of makes it weird i it's very stupid i do kind of love it yeah so uh and then she like gets like when she she finishes her last somersault like right at your feet and then kind of like pushes up and kicks you with both feet yeah, and Dapu was watching all this. He's like, oh, well, dang. Like, I guess Kiyosuke was right. We actually can just do this with four people. Um, cool. Uh, never mind. I guess I, everything is cool. We don't need to call in Kiyosuke at all. Yeah, um, so we just go back to Kiyosuke, and he's at the garage. Uh, uh, actually, like, we, I, I think we go to Bar- uh, Barian at this point. Uh, it's we just see Kiyosuke at the garage real quickly, and he's fixing the car, and he's like, "This is super cool." And then we go up to Barbarium. So, um, Inventor Grotch is talking to Lieutenant Zelmoda, mm-hmm. and Zelmoda yeah. oh, is like, "We we forgot to mention this earlier." Oh yeah, geez, this is a huge deal. Yeah. Sorry. So Rari has been told by President Gynamo that if he is able to succeed in his plan to defeat the Car Rangers to be able to like get all the gold from Earth, then he will be given Lieutenant Zelmoda's like deputy leader position. Right. And Zelmoda so, is not into this at all. Yeah, he uh yeah, obviously he's bothered by this. So Inventor Grotch is talking to Zelmoda, and he says, like, hey, dude, what you shouldn't, like, you should not send out the combat wumpers, combatant wumpers, because then if they're not there, like, Arari will lose, and he, he won't be able to, to take your place. And Zelmoda's like, yeah, I was not planning on it, but thanks. And then Inventor Grotch immediately turns around and is like, hey, President Gynamo, 
he's not going to send the combat combatant wumpers. Blah. Like I'm not really sure. Right. What he just tattles on here. him. Yeah. Just trying to get and him in then, trouble. Like these are all just yeah. like petty jerks, and he is just getting his like coworker in trouble with the boss. So uh, President Khan was like, "You better send those combatant wumpers," and somebody's like, "Okay, fine." So he goes and does it. Um, from there, so they go down and uh, and they join the fight. The combatant wumpers do, and then we go into direct attacks on the Rangers, and then now the fight starts flipping. Now the Rangers are losing, right? Uh, now, because of course you need the power of five. Right. Now, here are two things that I want to mention. First of all, Zelmoda has a sword, and his sword is, like, if you take it... Is it made of dominoes? No, it's playing cards. So it's like, oh, if, you, okay. if you take a deck of playing cards and sort of, like, slide them across a table so that they sort of, like, are separated. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, if you take that as a line and then make that line a solid thing, that is Zelmoda's sword. It's it's a cool look. I have no idea if it's like related to anything in particular, but it looks very cool. Um, the other thing that happens at this stage of the fight is that um, RRE is swinging around his spirit beater hammer and is trying to hit Yoko, but instead it hits one of the white wumpers, and and that just like causes that dude to berserk and start beating up all of the other wumpers. And I really do like the ongoing trope of the white wumpers being just like the weird comedy bit in the middle of a fight because like you see one there like okay like now i know what's going that something is going to happen what is it lay this great physical humor on me it's usually pretty good yeah (laughs) so um we go from there to kyosuke just joyriding he's just driving around in the car having a great time He's like, man, this car is totally worth it. This car rules. Like, this car is the best. I definitely made the right decision to not go be a superhero. Can't wait. Can't wait to drive this car more and to make another car that's even better that I will make someday. So he's driving along and almost by happens, I mean, I guess completely by happenstance, he encounters where the fight is happening because... Um, Minoru and Naoki just like fall in front of him. He's like, "Oh gosh!" He's like, "Slam on the brakes," and he hops out. And like the other four, like you know, those four are all fighting, and he just sort of stands there and watches it all happen. Uh, RR hits the car with his spirit beater hammer, and for some reason, instead of just making the car go berserk, it transforms the car into like this really hideous thing, which completely breaks Kyosuke's heart. He's like, I've just put my entire heart and soul into fixing this car, and now it's, like, ugly and gaudy, and I hate it. Yeah. So, and then, again, he's just standing there watching the Rangers lose. Right. And and, and he has a realization. He's like, oh, my gosh. This is all my fault. And he goes in this monologue, like, this is my fault. I forgot that I was a car ranger, but I am a car ranger. And if I hadn't been so selfish, then things would be going better and my friends wouldn't be getting beaten up. And then we cut to like a two-minute montage of his friends being beaten up. And it cuts back to him. He's like, I really need to do something about this. And he's still (laughs) in a monologue. Okay, so now we do get the good Dapu moment for the episode. Which is Dapu just rolls up and he's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, Why are you just standing there mumbling? Just... 
go get in the fight. Wait, stop talking to yourself and actually do something. You jerk. And, and then Kyosuke's like, oh, yeah, geez, right. <laughs> so he does the Excel changer and he, he jumps in. And he does a driving attack, which is just like, he just sort of like does a little like uh, flying flip and then sort of like zooms forward with his fists out and like Superman punches a guy. Uh, so now the fight is on. They all pulled their vibe blades and they're going, they go full charge and they're like fighting the combatant bumpers and, mm-hmm. and they're doing all this stuff. Yes. RRE has this moment where he's like, dude, I'm done with all this. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to walk over to that building. And I'm going to hit it with my hammer. And then that building is going to go crazy and you're going to have to deal with that. And then this is this part is confusing because we see what that would look like, like the building going crazy. But I don't think it doesn't actually happen. It's just like everyone imagining what it would be like. And then it cuts back to real life and the Rangers say, oh, we definitely need to stop you from doing that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, they, they're like, we won't let that happen. Um, so they summon Giga Formula, which, if you don't remember, is their, like, little race car that also turns into their weapons. And they they grab all their weapons. And then we get a cool, we get a neat little montage of all of them using their weapons. Uh, I think yellow or side knuckles, is that what they are? Something like that. That's, yeah, it's not to be side knuckles. She just like she just hammer punches people. It's rad. Like she just wrecks fools with those things. It looks great. Um, so we get a little shot of everybody using their weapons, and we do get uh, Kyosuke, and he solos Zelmoda. Like they just have a little sword fight. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, it doesn't actually seem like it's going poorly for Zelmoda, but he dips anyways. So he just kind of... Yeah, well, I think it's going fine for Zelmoda in the course of that duel, but too many of his Wumpers are being defeated, so he wants to retreat before it gets very bad. And also, yeah, so... like, he doesn't care if RRE loses. Like, he has come down and done his bit. So, like, he's out of here. Yeah. So, uh... Zelmoda, he just he ghosts, and they use Formula Nova on RR. Formula Nova is when they recombine all their weapons into not a car, but a little like it's their finisher move. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Formula a Nova. Yeah, so they use it on RR. Um, he explodes, and then his hammer also explodes. And then when the hammer, ex- this is really interesting. When the hammer explodes, all the seals disappear. Yeah. So uh, we go back to the president mm-hmm. and his his. His furniture sort of settles to the earth, and he turns to his wife and he says, "Great, we're moving immediately. Call the movers." Uh, <laughs> so, like, I think that's just that's how he's going to deal with this. Like, we'll just leave that house, right? Like, that house is done now. All of our stuff is already out of the house, so we we're, we're kind of already half moved if you think about it. So we'll just so get just a truck to take it to a new house that I will buy because I am fabulously wealthy. So, uh, then they see the car rangers, and the kid knows who they are, and also apparently mom and dad, the president, also knew who they are. Because they run over there like, oh my gosh, let's get autographs from the car rangers. This is amazing. Right, imagine our luck. I'm going to show these autographs to my employees later, and they're going to be so impressed. 
Wah, wah, dramatic irony. Uh, not really dramatic irony. So um, they run over and they like pull their sh- well. The president and the what? What's the son's name? It- Itsushiro. Um, Ichitaro. Ichitaro. Like they pull their shirts open. Uh, like sign my undershirt, and then the mom has like a handkerchief that she that she has them sign. Uh, and and the Car Rangers are funny in this moment because they have to like pretend that they don't know these people. Like, oh, uh, uh, yes, um, hello, citizen. Yeah, it's weird that your car is right here. <laughs> I don't know. Don't know how that happened. <laughs> anyway, yeah, hey. sure. How about that autograph, buddy? So, uh, and then that's yeah. So they, the, they. Oh yeah. Well, then we get a we get another montage of the Rangers working out. Yeah, they again. That's where they are. Yeah, because the the, the the president and his family go back to the garage to show off the autographs, but. As they are shouting into the office, like, hey, check this out. They realize that everyone is gone. They are gone, of course, because they are back to their training montage where Kyosuke has apparently only half learned his lesson because everyone else is doing the training and Kyosuke is just, like, sitting off to the side, like, drinking a juice box, talking about how it sucks. And then they catch him, and now Kyosuke, at the end of the episodes, has to drag everyone's tires, which looks miserable. (laughs) Uh, and that, Dave, that is the end of the episode. But, of course, it is not the end of our episode. Because, first, we need to determine where RRE falls in the Creature Royale. Okay, so... I am I am interested in RRE. I think he's got an interesting plan. And he's got a cool, weird power. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, there's, he doesn't really have, like, a whole lot going for him. I don't know. He's got an interesting look. He's got a cool power. He's got an interesting plan. Like, I, those are kind of well, all okay. the things that all we right. look at. He's got, a, he's got like, an interesting personality. Um, he's a little hard to figure out what he is initially. Like, he doesn't have the sort of, uh, like, clarity that some of the other monsters do. But, like, once you put all his pieces together, he's pretty good. Okay, well, let's just say real quickly, is he better or worse than B.B. Donpa, which is the uh, Beethoven of the universe that we saw last episode? Oh, he is not as good as uh, uh, B.B. Donpa. Okay. Where did we put him? So B.B. Donpa is actually at spot number 59, and so he's above the halfway mark, uh, and the jewelry priestesses amazingly basically holding strong at right in the middle of the pack. They're very middle of the pack people. They're very middle of the pack monsters. No, nothing, so, certainly nothing uh, wrong with them. Yeah. So, uh, so RRE better or worse? Better or worse than than the ring priest? Basically, is he top half of the list or bottom half of the list? Let's. Well, okay. So, what's right underneath the ring priestesses? We've got right under that is Chochin Kyoza, the Ghost Lantern from Conquer Ranger, and then Copy Empress from Die Ranger, and then um, Barakusaka, who is the very sleepy good boy. From uh, O-Ranger and then Barra Magma. Barra Magma. Remind me, was Barra Magma the one that looked sort of like a like a mining robot that was trying to cr- cause a mountain volcano to erupt to destroy Tokyo? I believe so. Yes, that was his deal. Okay. I don't know. I, I think it's sort of around there. Because underneath that, you've got um, Kanegama, the slot machine, and Sunibaka Baba, the, 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 the witch that has, like, weird sand boobs. 
Um, yeah, so I would say I am okay. I think I like him better than Caracasa, which is uh, the other Umbrella monster. But I do not like him as much as Nurikabe, the wall monster from Kaku Ranger. And then above that is Bara Kandama, which is like a giant wooden robot, and Bara Close and Bara Vanish. And I think those are all very cool. Yeah. So, man, how did Caracasa get up? Oh, Caracasa was the second Umbrella monster, which was actually the better of the two. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I still, I think, uh, I like RRE better. Um, yeah, I think that's fair. So that puts RRE All right. number 87 on our list. It sure does. Oh, man, I don't know. Just, do you like RRE more than you liked, uh, um, like the, the Tofu Hermit? They had the drinking contest oh, with Kazu? Oh, yeah, man, you're right. Okay. Let's keep... Well, let's just keep going down, then. See, this okay. is the problem. Is when you have this many monsters on here, even the low ones are pretty rad. Yeah. Because 92 is Duke Trump, and 93 is Purse Monk, who's got the sickest dunks. Yes. And then Tofu Hermit. Okay. So and then, now, now, right below Tofu Hermit, we have the Poison Gas Rat. I think I like RRE more than I like the Poison Gas Rat. Okay. Yeah, I'm cool... How is Poison Gas Rat that high? How is po- okay, how is Poison we're not. No, Gas we're not Rat doing this. Diamond Dimension. That's what I want to know. Yeah, I have no idea. He's also higher than Mujin of the Manga Artist. Well, Mujin um, of the Manga Artist was weird. Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. I'm cool with that. Below Tofu Hermit, but above Poison Gas Rat. Yeah, I think that's good. And that's number there you go. what ninety six. But it's number ninety six out of one hundred and forty seven. So, so it's still still pretty good. Yeah. All right, man. Well, that's it then. Yes, that is going to do it for another episode of License to Car Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all that you can email the show at supersentaibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things that we're talking about on Twitter, we are on there at supersentaibros. If you like the show, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, wherever it is that you find the show. Uh, because theoretically, that will help other people find the show. And it's the beginning of a new season, which is the perfect time to find the show. Um, the Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. If you'd like to listen to any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can do that all at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Uh, once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth. Calendar.